Thank you for joining the Once Changing the World, which is India's first future tech meets sustainability podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Vijay Krishnan, who is the Director of Technology at Consensus. He plays a role in the implementation of advanced blockchain solutions for companies. And he has over 20 years of experience working with companies such as Amazon Web Services, IBM and others. He has forged himself as a pragmatic and efficiency-focused leader with a keen understanding of blockchain, Web3, NFTs and the metaverse, which we will all talk about. So, which I really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. You've been vested in the traditional finance industry and now you have jumped, dived into blockchain. You know, the blockchain, which is the under, underlying technology, which promises transparency, interoperability. That layer itself is challenges the status quo of the traditional finance industry so you know first maybe possibly you could explain what blockchain is and what is it that nudged you from moving from a traditional banking finance industry to the blockchain uh, industry so if you ask me you know what is blockchain in 2016 i would have given a very different uh, definition uh, you know, after seven, eight years now, you know, there are many, many versions of the same definition. Uh, my definition is, is a technology that helps bring in trust using internet, cryptography, shared ledger, and a consensus mechanism for validating transactions. I know it's a little bit of a, a technical oriented definition, but I think that stands, uh, you know, very good with audience because now people are very familiar with blockchain. So using this technology, one can create digital assets. That's the simplification of the terminology you know one of the digital assets that everybody knows these days is uh, you know probably uh, bitcoin ethereum or any non-fungible tokens my transition and again it's very accidental i was sitting in charlotte uh, north carolina on a sunday afternoon just like this uh, it was raining i i, I still remember that day uh, i was reading about bitcoin nothing went into my head this was way back in 2015 uh, late 20 2016 early then three weeks, I, I couldn't wrap my, around, my head around Bitcoin. You know, nothing went in. You know, it was like too complex for me, too uh, uh, serious topic for me. So then uh, Ethereum was just surfacing around the uh, corner. You know, Ethereum launch was happening and uh, it was just making some buzz in the industry that time. So three weeks, heads down, you know, trying to read about Ethereum and all that. It didn't fascinate me. Then there is one section in Ethereum which was very... Uh, you know, interesting and challenging to me, you know, what is what is mining? So you won't believe in the third week I was, actually was mining uh, Ethereum. So I went into the nearest Best Buy by walk. <laughs> so brought in some rigs, built, it, uh, built a mining rig on my apartment and uh, started mining. So that actually changed, uh, you know, my perception about this technology. Okay, there's something more than a traditional software development and what we regularly do in the uh, industry. And uh, after six weeks time, when I had some Ethereum in my wallet, I was wondering, okay, what, what would I do in this? Now I know what is mining. Now I know what is, uh, you know, this technology doing, but what do I do with this? You know, they say cryptocurrency, digital cash and all that. Then I was looking for, you know, learning more uh, things about uh, Ethereum and blockchain. Again, on a weekend uh, sitting like this, uh, you know, I found an article from uh, another Ethereum enthusiast that he was selling 17 of his uh, videos, you know, for learning Ethereum, you know, how to write smart contracts and how to debug them, how to deploy them, you know, setting up your local network and all that. So my first transaction was buying that video, 
you know, the collection of the video using uh, Ethereum as a cryptocurrency. I was just sitting like this. It just literally took me like 10 minutes to set up my wallet, do the transaction, buy the video and get access to the video. Unbelievable. So that kind of, uh, you know, changed my perception about, okay, what the future is all going to be because there's no bank involved. You're actually signing a transaction by yourself. You're authorizing a payment and you're getting access to the content that you're requesting. This was way back in 2016. So it just fascinated me, you know, what uh, this technology can do. And after that, I just don't want to go back what I was doing. You mentioned about, you know, how in 2016 you took Ethereum and you transacted and you purchased videos, you know. Uh, but, you know, from 2016 to 2022, you know, I, I mean, obviously the tech stack is completely matured. But then if, with the cryptocurrency or the NFTs, you know, that's that's stack which is still volatile. It, it's still speculative. There is still security issues. So what would you say about from 2016 to 2022? What have been the pros and cons of this ecosystem? Do you see uh, crypto being, you know, transacted like how we exchange money? Would you see that happening? Yes. So, and I just, again, uh, I like to talk about numbers because coming from AWS, IBM, all these enterprises, we always like numbers, right? <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, you know, it has proven itself uh, to a point, you know, where uh, it has just taken a complete uh, different perception across the world, right? So we have done more than one trillion worth of Ethereum transactions, both in terms of money, as well as the number of transactions that we do in the system. So there is no other digital asset system, you know, in the world, which is public and anybody can access and do transactions has proved it to be done. This also means that uh, more people are willing to, you know, come into this uh, new ecosystem, participate. Of course, you know, there are scams, there are, um, you know, ways people hack uh, the wallets and things like that. You know, that is the part that uh, puts most of people off. But I don't see a point, you know, why nobody can confidently transact if they know how to do it. The problem is how to. It's always about the education. So the problem is the basics. You know, people want to earn money straight away without knowing, you know, what they're doing. And that's when the problem comes. Right. I, I think you rightfully pointed out, I think, you know, with this new tech stack, the larger adoption seems to be the ones who don't want to do a deep dive into the ecosystem or understand what these tokens are doing. Uh, what this utility stack of the tokens are but just want to make money i hope that maybe in the near future we come to a world where we move uh, to this digital world that that we're talking about the the metaverse or the web trio where the underlying economical layer would be driven by uh, you know, these uh, virtual currencies such as crypto tokens and NFTs rather than of fiat uh, currencies because of fiat currencies, obviously, it's been a centralized uh, uh, creation of a nation or a government. It has its own pros and cons. Uh, but with this new uh, tokenization of everything through the NFTs or, or cryptocurrencies, there, there are there are a lot of pros around uh, uh, it. Uh, would you want to talk a little bit more about uh, the, the DeFi versus CeFi? Because just I think maybe uh, 2020 or 2021, there was a report by Deloitte saying that uh, 
in the next five or ten years possibly that uh, fiat is, is going to make a give way and crypto is going to be uh, the, the main uh, you know currency that we trade with what, what are your thoughts on something like that possibly maybe you know maybe i'm asking you too too many questions maybe first you know just to simplify to my audience you know maybe you could talk about you know CFI versus DeFi. What what are the pros and cons? And do you see a world in the future where crypto would be replacing fiat currency? So let's start with the DeFi to CFI, right? Uh, decentralized finance or finance and uh, centralized finance. Uh, you know, I see there is a very narrow gap right now. You know, the gap used to be huge. Uh, you know, in 2016, 2017. Again, you know, going by numbers, uh, just with Ethereum, you can do 17,000 type of DeFi trades. So what are these uh, DeFi trades? Uh, these trades are, or these types are nothing but extension of, uh, you know, simple uh, CeFi models. You know, that includes lending, borrowing, investing, yield forming, uh, deposits, or otherwise known as staking. All these models are nothing but a replica of what happens or what happening in the CeFi model but using a new digital asset format, which is nothing but the DeFi world, right? So so it's, it's only an extension of the digital asset medium that is different. But if you look at the business models, it's pretty much the same. If you look at the profit models, it's just the same. If you look at, you know, people who are operating in this uh, space are the same people, you know, they may be operating a different name, but, you know, th these are the same people, you know, who knows the uh, CeFi world very well. They found a new medium to, you know, make uh, lucrative money, for example, <laughs> and uh, you know they are very happy doing this. Uh, you know, um, I think it's also very surprising to see the transformation from 2015, 2016 to 2022. Uh, you know, we never used to see the institutionals, uh, banks, or fintechs coming forward uh, boldly doing anything in the uh, public uh, blockchain ecosystem, right? Uh, because you, know, you need a public blockchain to do a uh, decentralized finance. I think that slowly changed uh, a lot. You know, you would definitely seen, you know, a number of news about, uh, you know, many stock exchanges now uh, issuing ETFs based on Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? Or some other cryptocurrencies. Now, which is a pretty significant uh, move in the industry. So I'm not saying it's good or bad, but, you know, the trend that has changed is pretty significant. And um, many banks and uh, financial institutions are even offering, uh, you know, the regular buyers and, and regular customers like you and me to buy, hold, uh, you know, sell digital assets, right, uh, including cryptocurrencies. So NFTs is just an extension of uh, the digital assets. So I started using digital assets as a common terminology for all kinds of, uh, you know, things that we can do in the blockchain. I think it's only a matter of time that uh, the regulatory comes into, uh, you know, uh, silent or settlement uh, layer, right? Where, you know, you get settled with the regulatory questions and regulatory problems that we have in the industry. And it's just going to take off after that. But we don't know what's going to happen in the regulatory industry. Right? That's the million dollar question. So talking about uh, crypto versus fiat, you know, I also I also strongly uh, you know recommend the viewers to study the origin of money. You know, I think everything starts with that. And if you ask me, at least for the next 20, 25 years, or even like say 40 years from now, uh, I see the banknotes still exist. Because if you look at uh, the most secure way of doing a financial transaction, it's a banknote, it's a fiat currency. The crypto and fiat battle is heavily dependent on again regulations. 
so the regulations are going to play a very important role and also if you look at uh, you know geography geography specific uh, you know issues it's mostly do with political unrest uh, it, it has to be the government it has to be more like uh, you know uh, the current party what they willing to do and how they willing to do and also from the world bank and imf on all the economic sanctions that uh, you know that people look at you know what if we adopt early you know what kind of sanctions that they get into all those uncertainty i think that is what is like really holding uh, the uh, crypto uh, crypto assets fiat as well as the uh, defi assets cfi if you ask me honestly there is no single uh, in answer to this question there are like you know bundle and bundle of answers that uh, you know lines up when we talk about uh, the battle between cfi defi as well as crypto and fiats we we are sitting in a point of time where uh, uh, we things are moving really really far fast and what's driving the speed is the the tech innovation behind it you know there there is this convergence of technology you know there is artificial intelligence there is 5g there's metaverse web 3o and, and we we all talk about this this virtual world that we are building the metaverse you know the world the virtual world the largely it's it's going to be uh, devoid of uh, governance you know the government is not going to be there we'll be be building a country where the government is not going to be there. then we building uh, the the economical layer without the bank i mean because the banks what will not be there because it will be decentralized you know so in that digital world in that metaverse uh, how are businesses going to benefit because are businesses ready for decentralization it's it's a little uh, uh, you know because so so far all of our organizations uh, or nations have have functioned in a very top down hierarchical manner you know be it the banking industry be it the, the large institutions academic or, or or whatever it's it's all worked in a traditional top down function now when we talking about the metaverse or when we talking about the web3 we we saying that a it's going to be interoperable b it's going to be decentralized and we talking about the web3 layer we saying that the intermediaries possibly are, are going to go out the the world is going to get really really transparent transparent it's going to be equitable but uh, earlier you were saying that you know it's the same cfi guys who are possibly smart guys who are moving on and, and building defi for for those audience who who are a little idealistic and are waiting for you know something magical or something really really nice to happen i mean what would be your honest take on the metaverse and web3 and the uh, uh, economical layer and are brands organization ready for this opportunity on the metaverse i think uh, again you know it's not a you know simple answer you know to cover such a broad topic right yeah i think you know once this metaverse matures uh, the the virtual world that we build in i i think almost all the industries are going to get get up ended you know like you mentioned you know we we, we build a workspace in the, the decentraland instead of us going to the uh, offices the offices will will come to us you know instead of us going to the healthcare healthcare will come to us so it's an exciting uh, space that we are sitting in and some really cool innovations are happening now you've been invested in the blockchain space and you've been fronting you know uh, creating a blockchain for and 
enterprises can you share some uh, examples on you know blockchain enterprise solutions that you have built and how it's added value let's look at uh, blockchain first so there are private blockchains and public blockchains so i think by nature um, the initial stages of uh, the blockchain adoption for the enterprises were mostly in the private blockchains because it suits the uh, enterprise lot by the nature because uh, the identity of the participants wants to be revealed and they want to know who is like part of the ecosystem and all that saying that um, i can't believe uh, you know how many use cases i have come across probably 300 to 400 you know with the pace that i am going in uh if you ask me to start with one of the most popular uh, use cases is uh, trade finance and letter of credit flows this used to be the pioneers in the uh, blockchain industry from an enterprise world you know which actually opened up okay in how a multi party system can get benefited using blockchain technology then came you know uh, dispute resolution uh, reconciliation finding lost codes provenance or track and trace you know which is one of the core functionality of the blockchain itself uh insurance uh, issuance and certificates you know validation uh, builders and construction workers you know getting into these play uh, defense systems uh, and our, another interesting use case i came across upgrading uh, cctv camera of uh, firmwares using blockchain you know because you know that's a very security uh, risk you know, if you see like a smart city like dubai uh you know many uh, multi party transactions where you know we trust another party as a you know trust enable or a trusted party right that's where blockchain comes into picture you know, from an enterprise uh, perspective uh, trading uh, mining trading and mining uh, minerals and precious metals and shipping them across the globe that's one of my favorite uh, blockchain use case um Uh, escrow applications for example you know you need a, somebody in middle to settle a transaction between multi party uh servicing a fireman suit you know uh it, it, this is one of the very funny uh, and exciting use case because uh, in the us uh, the fireman suit cost around $350,000 you know i was not aware of this and you know uh, servicing this fireman suits involve multiple parties and multiple people involved in it and tracking and tracing that is a very efficient uh, uh, use case for a blockchain i didn't know until i you know, was sitting in that uh, workshop uh buying selling futures and options and settling commissions seamlessly in a uh, exchange or a you know um um with our our firm you know which helps exchange to do this you know it's is a significant impact in the industry uh moving the uh, settlement of uh, financial instruments like um, derivatives or other uh, options futures or you know uh, even fixing income instruments you know moving them from t plus 1 t plus 2 to t0 or like instant settlement that's a phenomenal phenomenal uh, way of uh, touching you know everybody's uh, life you know day in day out uh, authenticity when you talk about um, authenticity right it's it's very important uh, you know how authentic goods are right from identifying um, counterfeits in pharmaceutical industries fashion industry uh you know validating news and photography that comes out you know when web pages and all that uh you know uh, i'm buying a coffee bean paying 120 dollars for a kilo you know whether it's like really worth it uh, you know uh, same thing with the uh, fish pork you know shipping from half the globe across uh, you know the planet it's, it's all like very fascinating wine you know how authentic the wine is diamond for example in a very when one of the very first interesting use cases that i used to do uh um the diamonds get mined in mexico 
gets shipped to India for uh, you know making a ring. The gold gets uh, shipped from Canada to Bombay, and we assemble the ring and sell it in sell it back in US. Now this is one of the very first use cases you know that really fascinated how blockchain can really make a good impact. And also you know um, adding the um, uh, supply chain you know, inefficiencies. Uh, clinical trials, handling patient records, um, you know, smart cities, eliminating a lot of paperwork, you know, that we do day in, day out, uh, digital identities. And it, just, it can just keep going on, right? There's no limit in the number of use cases, you know, in the industry and what I've come across. Like I said, I mean, I don't know, maybe 300 plus use cases so far and we're still going strong. Pretty exciting. And all this is all like, these are like enterprises use cases. Um, but now I see a lot of enterprises are moving more into the Web3 and public blockchain, uh, trying to create hybrid systems between uh, public and private, you know, using roll-up technology and all that. So it's just all like pretty fascinating, you know, how the uh, enterprises and institutions that are adapting to the newer technologies and how quick they can actually see a difference uh, the way they do things uh, 10 years, 20 years back. Right. I think, you know, I mean, things are moving so fast, you know, and earlier there used to be, you know, when you're trying to build an application, you need to have the entire, you know, developer tech stack, you know, team sitting behind, you know, but right now we have these low code, no code solutions. You have these uh, agencies who, who build out services for you. And you mentioned there's so many applications, which which is for there for enterprises. I hope that, you know, I mean, it's now gets more widely adopted. Uh, would you like to explain uh, Web3O? And how enterprise can uh, leverage the opportunity of Web3O? So I think, uh, see, see, to understand Web3, I think, um, you know, one need to understand what is Web1, Web2. It's always the versioning, right? So, you know, if you understand Web1, it's just nothing but uh, the initial version of the internet with all static content, you know, somebody's serving and then you just use making those of the content. So Web2 is more about... Um, you know, Web 2.0, when it came in, it all, from the tech side, it all used to be, you know, Ajax. You type in a field, it automatically pops up. That used to be the Web 2 that we all know, but it's, it's not actually the Web 2, right? So it enabled a medium for us to transact, buy and sell. I think uh, from a Web 3 perspective, it's an extension of Web 2 where um, a community, uh, a creator ecosystem, artist, institution, enterprises, or an individual can transact the digital asset as well as own a digital asset. And this is a simplification of Web3. So I think, uh, you know, the recent uh, trend in the uh, non-fungible tokens, which is again, nothing but an extension of uh, what we all know is about uh, the tokenization of uh, real world assets into digital world or creating digital content and then tokenizing them and selling them in the uh, internet. So the extension of non-fungible tokens, and I'll just summarize with a couple of examples, real-world examples, you know, what we are looking at. For example, if you're a data provider and you have a lot of good data that you want to monetize, what you can do is you can actually create a non-fungible token for the data assets that you have and then sell that to the buyers who are want to buy and then put an expiry date on the non-fungible token. That means... Whenever you know the expiry date is is, is is achieved or reached, the fungible token gets burned automatically, and that is the power of Web three. That's the power of blockchain and Web three that we're talking about, right? You know, we are just I think probably in the start or you know maybe two steps from the start line, so we have a long way to go to the finish line. And I don't know whether there'll be a finish line, right? 
but right now the uh, use cases are more towards uh, you know buying selling nfts uh, that needs to change metaverse looks promising and again uh, you know sports industry is looking at things in a very different manner and on the entertainment industry is looking at it in a very different manner buying tickets is no more going to be a you know boring thing right so we're going to have like fun with nfts and all that right yeah so, so there's some exciting space you know the, these these new things new ways how we transact and do business is really exciting but it's also challenging because it's it's opening up new ways of doing things which we are not used to and so most most of the enterprises are like looking at it with, at, with a ca- careful lens though obviously the creative folks are, are at the forefront of it you know leveraging it like you mentioned you know nfts are being used for you know artists are using it musicians are using it and, and i hope that there's more enterprise use cases when we start tokenizing everything you know so there's a huge opportunity over there uh, you're now part of consensus so a would you like to first uh, explain what consensus is and your role so consensus is a, a software company the full name of the company is consensus software inc csi um, it's a software company which was founded by the co-founder of ethereum Uh, his name is uh, joseph lobin very popular in the industry uh, my role here in consensus when i joined was uh, you know to bring in the all experience that i had with the enterprise and institutions into the uh, ethereum world because consensus was a company you know which was pretty much focusing on uh, non enterprise non institutional customers and my job was to you know how do we bring in focus into the uh, institution on the on the enterprise world you know i was uh, you know looked at uh, being a liaison between uh, customers um, sales teams product teams and also being a voice of the customer because uh, you know i strongly believe i understand you know what the customers want to hear and what they want to speak the language that i'm talking about and simplifying to the way that they can understand because most of these topics that we talk about even at the cxo level cto level or even you know if you are hardcore techie probably you know they want to Uh, understand in a very simple way so they can make like conscious decisions so also uh, you know bringing in that um, confidence the trust so you don't try to sell them you know trying to be an advocate and being a trusted advisor for these enterprises and institutions was my primary job you you mentioned about consensus you know now but no consensus does a lot of products you know so it, it's got like a wide range of products and you obviously have the meta meta mask which i think is going to be like the driving force behind the metaverse of the web3 because i think you know the, the two underlying tech the most important for uh, you know onboarding consumers onto the web3 and the metaverse is going to be your wallets and your digital identity which would be avatars and stuff like that so metamask i think it's one of the the essential product for you know onboarding onto the web theo so uh, would you like to talk about your product stack besides the, the, the metamask and obviously you can start with metamask sure uh, i think um, you know this is uh, very interesting because wherever i go to the conferences i wear a metamask t-shirt and uh, they ask me Hey, do you work for Metamask? I said no. I work for Consensus. They get confused. So the clarification is: so Consensus is a software company, the parent company, which owns a lot of brands. So Metamask is uh, the wallet that we own, and is one of the brands that we have. So the orange fox uh, that you all used to uh, buying, selling cryptos, or you know, the wallet that you use as a non-custodian wallet, is uh, you know one of the products that we have. So we also have a blue fox. 
or a purple fox. So I think it's more like blue fox, yeah. So the blue fox is a newer version of uh, MetaMask. It's called MetaMask Institutional. So what we have done is uh, we have opened up a new product for uh, uh, you know enterprises or fintechs or any other firms who want to uh, do a custodial model for buying and selling cryptos or you know doing some other functionality using the uh, product. So MetaMask Institutional is a very new product that we have. Uh, the other uh, one of the popular product um, many people do not know is uh, called Infura. So Infura is uh, nothing but um, a node as a service uh, for uh, Ethereum uh, blockchains. So we support around like uh, nine, uh, hopefully I'm telling the number correct because we keep adding uh, uh, you know, a number of networks into the uh, platform. So we uh, support um, Ethereum, we support Polygon, uh, Avalanche, um, Starknet, Arbitrum, Optimism, um, Near Protocol, and also um, I think I'm forgetting, yes, forgetting a couple of them. So this is nothing but um, an order as a service, which we provide uh, RPC endpoints for most of these, uh, all of these uh, uh, blockchains that I mentioned about. Most of the money we have compatible except the uh, Near and Aurora. And we're also looking at adding uh, newer protocols into the uh, ecosystem. Um, you know, we do a lot of volume. I cannot disclose the volume uh, in a year, but uh, we do have uh, roughly uh, 450,000 users uh, in the platform, Infura. So I actually work uh, pretty much uh, uh, day in, day out with Infura's, Infura and Infura team, which is pretty exciting. So the next product is called uh, Diligence. So Diligence is also a department. So Diligence is the smart contract security auditing division. So Diligence has a few products under the umbrella. Uh, one is called uh, Fuzzing, the other one is called Scribble, the other one is called Mythics. So all these three are developer-oriented tools which will help you build in linting um, or unit testing capability for smart contracts and also finding security loopholes in the smart contracts. So Diligence on its own does uh, physical smart contract audits. So this is nothing but uh, you have a smart contract written and you want to go live, for example, a DeFi smart contract. And uh, you know you want to deploy that with confidence, but you want a blessing from somebody, right? They're saying, okay, this is like gold-plated or gold-standard template or gold-standard uh, smart contract. So the diligence team will work with you to a physical smart contract audit, sitting with your dev team, uh, day in day out for a week or two depending on how big the contract is and the engagement model and all that and they will actually uh, find out all the um, uh, anomalies that you may have to fix before going into production that's actually a very uh, you know niche skill in the industry not many companies offer that uh, you know services but the next one is called truffle so truffle used to be my first development platform way back in 2016, 2017, uh, you know, doing Ethereum smart contracts and playing with Ethereum and all that. Still Truffle is one of the leaders in the industry, uh, you know, providing plugins and command line entities and clients and other things towards the Ethereum ecosystem. And the, net, the next product is called Consensus NFT Platform. So this is a, a complete uh, NFT offering platform that we have, you know, where you, one can use the NFT platform to launch NFTs in a matter of uh, minutes. Just literally takes minutes to launch NFT. So you can use uh, Ethereum or Polygon to launch your NFTs in no matter of time. It's a complete um, UI-based uh, SaaS offering that we have. Uh, we also do a lot of uh, protocol work. 
that is what many people do not know for example the merge that happened now the ethereum merge you know we actually tested a lot of the shadow forks that happened um, during testing so a lot of our proto- core protocol engineers get involved in these kind of activities for the ecosystem development uh, we also support uh, hyperledger besu in fact we you know we are one of the primary uh, code committers for hyperledger besu uh, we also own and uh, operate the uh, quorum blockchain you know, which was founded and owned by jp morgan chase so which we uh, took over in 2019 and we are one of the uh, roadmap creators uh, along with jp morgan chase we are one of the core uh, primary code committers to the um, uh quorum protocol as well so apart from that you know we have uh, large communities uh you know we are also into daos recently decentralized autonomous organizations uh we are strong believers in the daos so we are looking at uh, creating few daos and things like that so this is where you know consensus as the differentiator you know we just do not want to be the uh, thought leader but we also want to be the people who really do things you know when we say something you know we really do it um so recently we announced a new uh, product roadmap for infura called decentralized infura this is after the ethereum merge this is about uh, you know uh, enabling decentralization for the uh, ethereum ecosystem because uh, there's a general talk in the industry that um, after the merge uh, you know seem to be uh, the validators or pretty much looks like a centralized uh, you know majority and you know we want to support the community by going more decentralized more decentralized approach and what the ecosystem is right now and you know we are working on other few initiatives you know uh, you know which will come and as we uh, you know mature in the industry uh, you know from a size perspective we are around 800 people right now Wow, how cool is that? You know, I mean, you guys have built a set of pro- bunch of products. Besides the products, you're doing services and solutions also. And uh, I, I, would you like to kind of address, you know, your Indian customers and DAOs? I think it would be great if you kind of explain DAOs because uh, that could be the future of how we do work. I mean, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, you know talk about uh, your if there are Indian customers and B if you could kind of explain DAOs will be very nice. i think from last year uh, at least with the consensus we have a good indian presence you know we have uh, you know few people hired in india so we are also looking at hiring more people in india so which is a good thing for uh, the uh, indian you know ethereum ecosystem and i think uh, you know uh, we look at india as a very big um, you know game changer because uh, i'd like to quote an example here you know i had my first mobile phone when i was in the us in 2004 so where in india at that time we were still using the dial phone paying one rupee calls i still remember that whenever i come to india i do that but you know in matter of 10 years that actually flipped 100% right so india became one of the uh, keeping china out you know india became one of the largest uh, you know mobile users uh, or uh, applications that built on mobile right or the mobile uh, the mobile oriented applications and how quick the payment systems got uh, revamp and how we think about paying you know even the uh, uh, you know the dabawala with a simple quick scan and pay right i think that's that's what uh, india can do uh, in the ecosystem as well right so in the uh, newer ecosystem of web3 whether it's like crypto payments or new use cases uh, bringing defi i think you know we are like really good in uh, you know creating applications even though we lag in uh, in a little bit of uh, time 
we take a little time to really uh, you know step into the world and uh, create uh, magic i think we really do a very good job of applying the technology and creating use cases and solving a lot of pain points and that's where you know consensus is going to you know uh, take part in a larger ecosystem by providing uh, the developer tools and support and consumer facing tools and support and all that for easy enablement of these companies and startups and individuals to build and you know get and you know, get success uh, big time so talking about dao as i mentioned you know we we have uh, you know pretty significant ideas about dao uh, as i mentioned i won't be able to share much about you know what we are doing in the dao space internally and externally but uh, you know most of the uh, dao makers uh, get advices uh, from a lot of uh, the internal people that uh, who are supposed to be you know the gurus in creating daos so decentralized autonomous organizations are nothing but self governing entities you know which uh, needs minimum governance and uh, most of the uh, operations and the things that is decided by the decentralized autonomous organization are going to be part of these smart contracts so that's a simple definition of a dao according to me uh, but what uh, is lagging today is uh, you know we can actually verbally form a dao and then start uh, operating a dao but i think we are a little behind uh, in the tools and uh, you know the enablers for creating daos and all the challenges that we face in running a dao is still not solved i think uh, that gives to the maturity life cycle right there's a maturity curve that we all need to go to the top and really settle down on a bunch of tools and technologies and also how do we govern a dao uh, can a dao govern another dao so all these questions need to be answered and all that i think um, what i look at is um, more than dao the community enablement is very important the community enablement is what leads to the creation of daos so in india i think if we start creating healthy communities and engage the community members to dry adoption of the technology and the use cases that will naturally lead to dao creations but i think we still have a long way to go is what i what my uh, personal opinion is i think you know all of this new stack i mean you know it, the, the promise is excellent you know because we breaking away from the top down hierarchical uh, way we functions and moving to ways where you know the code could be the ultimate truth you know where code could be running these organizations though it sounds very fancy at this point of time you know but when we actually building out these organization it has uh, its own set of challenges and to overcome those challenges like you rightfully pointed out i think you know there needs to be more awareness you know we need to build out communities so more people are aware it's not the individuals as well as businesses and governments are aware about you know how you they could you could they could leverage these these new tech stack because you mentioned you know like it, there's already been more than 300 plus use cases of blockchain that you have personally built out or experienced <laughs> or seen first hand you know is is the somehow here i see in india that uh, the desire and intent from conversations to actually putting the money where the mouth is and creating real world application seems to be a little slow but hopefully i think that's going to change because the the real set of movers are, are the uh, the startups uh, or, or the young bunch who are taking these bre- these brave bold moves and, and questioning the 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 old and saying can we do this differently so yes i think community is a core and cre- building behaviors is the core so that the future uh, 
whether it's the enterprise, whether it's, you know, uh, individuals understand that, you know, here is this new tech stack. And if we kind of start learning about it, uh, I think you will be able to build a preferred future where obviously you'll be economically also benefited. So so we're sitting in a, a very, very exciting space. You mentioned about uh, recruiting from uh, India. Maybe, could you talk a little bit more about that? Because, you know, the engineer engineering community over here is really good. But when you talk about whether it's the metaverse or whether it's the Web3 or Web3 developers, it still seems, you know, at least from the conversations that I've been having, that they still kind of dig onto, you know, developers from China or or Europe, East Europe, and things like that. What 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 are your views on the the, the developer community over here? And and what's the roadmap when it comes to consensus or to look at India as a market opportunity? Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the um, uh, challenges you know that I see um, in an adoption, right? I mean, uh, the developer adoption. Because, uh, you know, India is known as the IT giant for the world, right? So um, the big fives or, you know, the big tens, the uh, industry needs to do more projects. And that's when the adoption becomes very easy. If it's going to be a community driven, it's going to take time, right? Because uh, how many communities can one create, right? Uh, because, you know, even for me to digest blockchain and do my first transaction, it took me like, Three to six weeks, but and I was successful in doing it. You know, not many people you know, would be successful in doing a real, uh, you know, blockchain transaction in six weeks. Uh, you know, even now because of the uh, fear or the um, interest or you know what what I'm getting out of it, right? So at least from my experience with uh, dealing with um, a lot of projects in India. In fact, uh, most of my uh, you know, previous blockchain projects have been executed in India, right? Uh, there's like significant uh, talent in India. At least from consensus, what we are trying to do is, uh, you know, give opportunity to developers who are good in what they do, right? Again, we don't want to, uh, you know, uh, come and uh, say this is what you should be doing. Rather, you know, hey guys, come on, help us. And I think uh, post COVID. Uh, the working remote has uh, kind of uh, changed the way that we all uh, do business, right? I think uh, consensus believes in uh, in a working remote. I never been to an office, you know, in, in the last one year. Uh, I've been traveling, and uh, either I go meet a customer or go to a conference, or you know, I meet my colleagues somewhere in a coffee place at the end of the day, right? That's that's what is happening with a lot of these startups. I think this is a good opportunity, you know, uh, for somebody who want to get into this ecosystem because you have the extra time. You know, for example, somebody living in Bangalore really complains about going to the office two hours one way, right? So there's like four hours that you can save. Now invest that time into something that you want to do. I think that's a great opportunity for, uh, you know, um, the community development and it does really come from the individual, right? Uh, meetups are a great uh, example. And I think uh, there are more meetups happening in India than the rest of the world. There are more conferences, mini conferences happening here in India than the rest of the world. The only thing is this need to scale up, right? The scale that we're talking about is not micro. Uh, it, it needs to be like massive. Right? Two big conferences in India will change everything that, uh, you know, is happening in the uh, industry. Because India has been looked up always about, uh, you know, this place can actually change, you know, uh, the complete world where we were in and where we are now. I think the mobile example that I gave is a perfect example in this case as well. It's just a matter of, 
you know, the large companies adopting the technology. It's not that they're not adopting, right? But the, the problem with the enterprises uh, uh, with the current uh, situation is uh, there aren't many projects that is uh, getting executed right? for various reasons. It could be regulation, it could be money, it could be financial constraint, or it could be location constraint, whatever it is. Right? So it's, it's just not that one reason that uh, it adds up. You know, uh, once the companies start executing more projects, the demand for skill is going to be increasing. And that's where you see, you know, more people coming into the uh, technology. So on that note, right, the technology is not very easy. Uh, this is what I learned, you know, in my experience. Uh, it's a very difficult technology. You cannot just uh, survive in this blockchain space or, uh, you know, Web3 space just by saying, okay, I'm a Web3 developer. But the number of skills that they need to have to become a Web3 developer is a lot more than being a, you know, simple full stack developer. And also the uh, maturity, right? Um, you cannot just uh, linger around knowing, uh, you know, just few things and call yourself a blockchain developer. You need to get into the protocol level, understand, uh, you know, all the issues, security to interoperability to consensus issues, uh, you know, uh, how do I get around uh, some of these uh, protocol uh, specific issues, um, off-chain, um, on-chain limitations, interoperability. Uh, all these are like, you know, evolving spaces and very significant, um, uh, you know, uh, value add to the ecosystem. And I think innovation has to happen. And if we engage more people, uh, you know, um, in either in the universities or in the schools, I started talking in a few schools and universities already. I gave a uh, speech at IIT Kharagpur uh, later uh, earlier this year. It was like um, a big eye opener for me because there's so much awareness already in the uh, industry, at least at uh, IIT levels. So this need to happen more and more, right? Um, and one fine day, I, you know, the ecosystem just takes off. That's what uh, happens with India all the time. Right. Yeah, you, you rightfully pointed out, you know, we're sitting at a fantastic point in time, you know, 1.3 billion people, you know, the engineering strength of the world happens to be from India. You know, we keep on exporting, uh, you know, the engineers from here and poss possibly to, if we create a, a, a ecosystem where the, the government, the investor, uh, uh, and they understand the opportunity and strike strike to create an ecosystem where we nurture and nudge the the industry i think you know there, there could be fantastic applications being created and the fantastic future you know because uh, i think in, in the next 10 years i think every company is going to be, be become a tech company and and uh, I, I, tech layers such as you know the, the blockchain ai metaverse is, is going to play such a huge role and i think that the, the students coming up or the enterprise they need to understand uh, this and you mentioned too that that this is such an evolving space you know and it and if it's difficult for the the developers, think about the the consumers and the enterprise who don't really know about it. How difficult it must be for them also, because you know, like even for MetaMask, you know, it's it, it's a lovely way to onboard, but you know, the friction that it has, you know, for a common man to kind of you know, uh, you know, uh, onboard, it, it still has a few challenges. But I'm I'm sure the way this this is evolving with all those tech stack layers, it, it'll become more and more and more simpler. Possibly, maybe just maybe with one touch you know and and i i hope uh, we, we get into this world what comes next for you and what's the plan ahead for consensus i think uh you know consensus is growing big time uh 
you know we have just grown uh, significantly from last year to this year that's the number i mentioned you know last year we were like 300 and this year we are like 900 people this definitely shows that uh, there's a lot of uh, interest in the company uh, both from an investment side as well as from a product strategy side and hiring and you know growing big and all that so again you know uh, we don't know what's in, what's next year is going to be right <laughs> the future is always uh, you know exciting and uh, sometimes very interesting uh, the way we approach things but i think it's it's doing very good so at least from my side i'm continuing to do what i'm doing i'm good at uh, at the same time trying to keep up with the pace of the new innovation that is happening around me and in the industry uh, and again uh, uh, you know loving my uh, uh, travel and uh, talking in conferences uh, meeting new people and uh, educating and uh, also getting educated I think uh, that's going to be my uh, journey for at least uh, the next few months um, unless there is something new coming up. Lovely. Vijay, thank you. Uh, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. And you, men- you were mentioning in the beginning of the conversation that how you have taken it on yourself to go out, you know, educate people, you know, make people understand the opportunity of Web3, uh, you know, by going into uh, education institutes and conferences. You know, it, it's we, we need more of these conferences. Like you, you were mentioning through the course of conferences, through the course of conversation that, you know, even possibly two conferences conference here in india big conference will play a huge role in creating the mass adoption of this technology this technology is taking a long long time for it to mature but you know it's blossoming though there there are these minor roadblocks or possibly regulatory uh, frameworks but i i'm sure even those will come uh, or we, we will be able to overcome because this is i think a, a stack which will create huge benefits for enterprise a, as well as consumers i think we just need to keep a, at it so wish you the very best keep on doing what you're doing into my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you